Take your scriptures, your Bible, if you would, open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I've got about seven minutes. You've got an outline with four points. And I know how some of you are. Every blank has to be filled so you can have closure before you leave. This is uh, probably one of the most used passages when dealing with this issue of giving thanks. And the heart of the Father is that you and I would not be people who just give thanks one time of the year. But giving thanks and thanksgiving becomes a regular discipline in our life. In fact, it's something that we do every single day of our lives. And the Apostle Paul is writing this passage to a group of young believers in a young church, and they are being persecuted because of their faith. Many of them are being arrested and dragged off. Some of them are thrown into prison. Some of them have been um, killed because of their faith. And the Apostle Paul, in the midst of all of this, in verse, verses 16 to verses 19, we'll read those four verses, 16, 17, 18, and 19. And the Apostle Paul gives them some instruction with this, this whole idea of giving thanks. He begins in verse 16. He says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not, be, do not quench the Spirit of God. So he, he gives these four verses right here. And it's an incredible depth of what he teaches us about thanksgiving. We don't have the time to jump into it. I've got about 40 minutes planned in my message. Um... But what I want to do is just walk you through these things. Why is it so important to give thanks? And what are the key dynamics of living a thankful life? Well, as the Apostle Paul breaks this down, let me give you four things. Number one, he teaches us this, that giving thanks is a command. It is a command. He puts this in the imperative, which means it's a command. And there's a a, a, a triad of commands in this passage. It's a command to rejoice always. It's a command to pray without ceasing. It is a command to give thanks. Now, why is it that the Father gives you and me a command to be in the business of having thankful hearts? Why does he command us to do this? Is it because he just delights in it? He certainly delights in us giving thanks to him is it because he deserves it? He certainly deserves our thanksgiving, doesn't he? Amen? He does. But God knows something else about thanksgiving. When you and I give thanks to him, it changes us. It changes us from the inside, and it prevents certain things from taking place in our lives. Let me give you two things that it prevents. Number one, it prevents me from developing an entitlement mentality. Boy, if we ever live in a time where people have an entitlement mentality, it is now. And when I give thanks, it keeps me from taking for granted the things that God has, and it keeps me from being presumptuous that he is going to do it for me, and it keeps me from expecting him to do it because I think I deserve it. I want to tell you something. Nothing grieves the heart of a parent more than when they give their child a wonderful gift and their child demonstrates no gratitude towards it. It grieves the heart of the father 
When you and I enjoy all the immense blessings that we have every single day and we don't take time to give thanks to him for the things that he constantly does for us. Psalm 68 verse 19 says this, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. Every single day, the Father is bearing our burdens. And every single day, he is giving us blessings that are unbelievable. And yet, if we don't take time to give thanks to him, we become to expect it and think that we deserve it. And when we don't get it, we're not happy. But when we live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and we give it to him, then there's this mentality of an entitlement disappears. And I want to tell you where it's particularly hard to live that. In a culture where you have everything. We have everything. Do you know that one-third of the world is underfed? One-third of the world is starving. And the other third has adequate food. You and I live in a place where we have more than adequate food. Let me ask you this question because I had to ask myself this. How many times, let me put it this way. When was the last time you went and opened your pantry door? And you looked at all the food, you opened the pantry door, and you said, Oh, Father, thank you for all this abundance that we have at our fingertips. Probably not. Most of us do this. We open the pantry door, and we say, We got nothing to eat, don't we? I did that the other day. I said, Honey, we don't have anything to eat. She says, There's a half a bag of chips. There's some graham crackers. There's some pimento cheese to go with your crackers. And look at this wonderful can of pickled beets. <laughs> you know, we've got so much, and yet we take it for granted. When's the, what, what do you, when's the last time you thank God for clean drinking water? The overwhelming majority of the world does not have clean drinking water. And yet, we just turn the faucet on anytime we want, and we can get water to drink. We turn the faucet on, and we give water to our pets. We turn the hose on, and we water our grass. We wash our cars. We flush our toilets with water that is cleaner than most of the world has. How often do we give thanks for that? Or the house that we have? Or the car that we drive? Or here's something that, that, that's greater than all of those. The grace that we enjoy through a relationship with Jesus Christ because we have heard the gospel. And God has drawn us to himself and he's changed our lives. And every single day, as a believer, you wake up under the grace of God and not the wrath of God. And every single day, you wake up as a son or a daughter of God and not an enemy of God. Or every single day, we wake up, instead of being spiritually dead, we are spiritually alive because the Holy Spirit has regenerated us into a new person for the glory of Christ. Every single day, we have that blessing. And when you and I practice thanksgiving, what happens is it destroys this entitlement mentality. And we recognize it's all but the grace of God. And anything that I have... I've never deserved it, but it's been at his hand. And when I develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving, it destroys this mentality of entitlements. But here's the second thing it does. It prevents me from growing anxious. When I live with a thankful heart, I don't need to be anxious. I don't need to worry. Why? Because I have a father who has seen the end from the beginning. I have one who blesses us according to his riches and glory. 
I have one whom, in whom I have full confidence in. And no matter what comes in my life, I can thank him for using all of these things not to define me, but to shape me. And the things we worry about really are useless. For example, 40% what we worry about never happens. 30% concerns the past. 12% deals with needless health concerns. 10% are insignificant and petty issues. And only 8% are legitimate concerns. And some of you today are anxious. You're anxious. Because there have been some things that have happened in your life and you don't know what lays ahead. But in the middle of giving thanks and confidence and trust in the one who knows you better than you know yourself, anxiety falls by the wayside and gratitude always displaces anxious hearts. So when I give thanks to God, it destroys this mentality of I deserve it. And it destroys these anxious thoughts. But here's the second thing Paul says. Giving thanks is not only a command, but it is to be a continual practice. It's not only a command and an imperative, but it's present active imperative, which means this. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on praying. Keep on giving thanks. We are every single day of our lives to be with an attitude of gratitude to the Father for what he has done. And when I give thanks every day, it does three things. Number one, it keeps me content. I've never known thankful people to be discontented. People who are thankful are people who are content because they know that God is working behind the scenes and in his providential hand, he's using all of these things to make me who he wants me to be so I can be content. I met with a five-year-old girl who had leukemia. And when I was in the hospital, you know what she said? I said, how are you doing? She says, I got my Barbie doll. I got my coloring book. What else is there? She died, by the way. And I did her funeral. But she was so content because she was thankful and she was grateful. When you and I live with grateful hearts, there's a contentedness within us because we thank him for what he does. Let me tell you the second thing it does. It keeps me from being critical. Gracious people are not critical people. They are very thankful and they look to very positive things. I was reading about this one pastor that every time he came to church, every single time he came to church, he began his prayer thanking God for something wonderful. Everybody showed up to church that morning. It was a terribly cold, wet, wintry day. And everybody was wondering, what is this pastor going to give thanks about today? And the pastor stood in the platform. He says, Lord, I thank you that every day is not like this. It's not a critical bone in the heart of a person who is thankful. It keeps my focus on God's will clear. He says, this is God's will for you. And listen, when I give thanks to God, I can understand and have a better discernment of his will for my life. Because the things I might give thanks to him for might not make sense. But when I look back on them, wow, they make so much sense. My mom died of colon cancer at the age of 67. She was young. Before she died, she gathered all the kids together. And she told us this. She said, please do not be upset with God. 
because I have cancer. This cancer that is taking my life is the tool that God has used to give me spiritual life. Because it was through that ordeal with cancer that my mom came to meet Jesus Christ. I got to baptize my mom and my dad in the same baptism I was baptized in 25 years later at Christmas time. Her last words were, I see Jesus. And the thing that God did was he didn't, he didn't define her life by that, but he shaped her in such a way that while it didn't make sense, her heart of gratitude is something that I'll never forget. Here's the third thing. Giving thanks is never to be based upon my circumstances. Here's what Paul says. Give thanks in all things. He didn't say give thanks for all things. A lot of people misquote that verse. He's saying don't give thanks for all things. Give thanks in all things. I don't think a parent in this room or anywhere would give thanks for their children being abducted by strangers and being harmed. I don't think a, a, a man would give thanks for his wife having cancer and potentially dying. He shouldn't anyway. I don't think people will give thanks for war and the devastation that it brings. But we are to give thanks in those difficult times. We're to give thanks in the middle of cancer. We're to give thanks in the middle of that job loss. We're to give thanks in the middle of that adversity. We are to give thanks in the difficult struggles in marriage and family. Because as we give thanks in those things, then we recognize he who is control over all those things. And we give thanks because it's in those various trials, as James tells us in chapter 1, verse 2, that he uses them to shape us and to build a character in us that would not have happened except for that trial. Joseph never would have ended up in the palace if it didn't begin in the pit. And God uses those things to mold us and shape us. Number four. Giving thanks is complemented by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When you and I give thanks, it blesses the heart of the Father. It encourages the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And he works through thankful people. There are two things there that I've written down in, in your notes. When I give thanks, it relinquishes my control. What I do is I recognize that God is in charge of all things and I can trust him, so I thank him for his wisdom. And let me tell you something. God never, never, ever makes a mistake. Never. He's perfect in his wisdom. And when circumstances come into my life, I don't understand. I give him thanks for that because it relinquishes my control and my understanding to someone who is far greater than I could ever hope to be. And here's the second thing. It releases God's power in us. It releases his power in us. It pleases the heart of the Father. It pleases the heart of the Holy Spirit when you and I live thankful hearts. You want to know one of the marks of a spirit-filled person? Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 and following. He says that a spirit-filled person 
is someone who speaks and sings in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, making melody in his heart with thanksgiving. The mark of a spirit-filled person is a thankful heart. And as we are thankful, we allow the Holy Spirit to do his work within us to the depths that he wants to accomplish them. So this idea of thanksgiving being relegated to one day is absolutely foreign to Scripture. Because it should be your life, it should be my life, and the hallmark of every single child of God should be walking in thanksgiving. Absolutely, completely, constantly praising Him for His goodness. Now, if you're a believer here today, I want to encourage you that as you're beginning to start this holiday season and moving towards Christmas, prepare your heart for Thanksgiving now. Do it now so that when you get to Christmas Day, your heart will be overflowing with the thankfulness to the Father for all he has done for you. And God will give you plenty of opportunities to sanctify you in this time of giving thanks, such as on Market Street <laughs> or long lines and giving thanks to him. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Thanks be to God, for his indescribable gift in his son. If you're not a believer today, you can certainly give thanks. But the greatest thanksgiving comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today to consider the claims of Christ and consider surrendering your life to him. Because in him... There is true thanksgiving because in him there is true grace that will meet every need of your heart and go beyond anything you can ever imagine. That's my short sermon, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the sweetness here today and the intimacy of sharing our hearts with one another. And Father, as we prepare to develop, to, to, to condition our hearts and prepare our hearts for this upcoming season, may we be people of great gratitude. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.